A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I am so full right now i feel very uncomfortable and this is what has prompted my episode for this evening greetings my friends welcome to the what's eating you podcast i'm your host stephanie and i'm a psychologist published author and public speaker here to educate and validate enjoy the show Welcome back to the what's eating you podcast i am coming to you live after day one in Bali. It's currently 7.26pm and I'm very proud that I'm working at night. When I'm back home in Australia, I have very strict cutoffs of when I'll work or sit in front of my computer and I'm just allergic to my computer after a certain time. And it's not even that late. Maybe it's 5 or 6pm if I have a Zoom, but I just cannot sit in front of my computer after a certain period of time. I can work on my phone So this is me stepping out of my comfort zone and actually working and recording this podcast. But it doesn't feel like work because the podcast for me is, it's like therapy. It just allows me to debrief. And I'm really excited to listen to these years later and think, oh, wow, that's what I was doing on Tuesday, the 6th of February at 7.27 p.m. So I have arrived in Bali. Thank you all for following my journey if you are. And if you're not, you can check it out on Instagram. But essentially, I am here because of the Women's National Fitness Academy, which starts in two days' time. So I thought I'd get here a few days earlier, start my journey. And I've made Bali a work-life destination. I'm still doing my regular day-to-day. Nothing's really changed. And I'm just so used to this lifestyle, and I absolutely love it. I'm staying in the same accommodation as last time, right next to the gym I go to and it's super easy so I can pop in and out if I have a call or a meeting to attend and yeah I just I'm really loving it I'm very excited because my partner is coming this time he is arriving on the 16th so 10 days from today two days after Valentine's Day anyways that doesn't matter and I'm keen to show him my happy place I'm so excited for him to see why I love Bali so much and how I feel when I'm here because we really want to travel. We really want to do the whole digital nomad thing. Obviously, that was tricky because we had his dog, Jax, but Jax has now passed away. So moving around is going to be so much easier, but there's just a few things we need to wrap up. So our lease is up March 4th. So we just need to decide where we're going to go and what we're going to do. But this year, my theme is adventure and abundance. So bring on the adventure. But yes, I'm alone. I did meet some friends today that I met last time I was here, so it was good. It feels as though I have neighborhood friends who are always here, which is nice. And I had a really positive, great day. I had 
a couple of Zoom meetings. I did a morning cardio session. I didn't get a lot of sleep last night because I was wired and excited. I went by the pool. I did a cold ice plunge. And most importantly, I did a lot of things that were hard today. And I always talk about doing the hard stuff because doing hard stuff makes your brain stronger and makes you able to deal with hard situations in day-to-day life. So the hard things I did today were, number one, doing the stepper. My God, I have avoided the stepper in all my years, but I'm going to challenge myself to do it. And I did 30 minutes on that sweating. It was very slow. Believe me, it was very slow. When I sent the stats to her partner, he's like, what? You were on there for 30 minutes and that's what your result was? Like, how slow were you going? I'm like, leave me alone. I'm proud. He's like, no, no, I'm proud of you. And then the ice bath, I was kind to myself. I did take my arms out for a little bit, but I went in there. I stood in there. I did that twice. And then the third hard thing I did today was get my eyebrows threaded. I actually think eyebrow threading is more painful than an ice bath. Let me know what you think. If you've tried both of these, let me know. Threading hurts so much. And last time she threaded my whole face. I don't know if I told the story on the podcast, but it just started with my eyebrows and then she upsold me and she started threading my upper lip because when you're Greek, you have a mustache. And then after the upper lip, she's, oh, you've got some hair on the side. You're better get it. I was like, okay. I ended up getting a full neck to forehead threading. She threaded my chin hair. I didn't even know I had to chin hair. Thank God I haven't grown a beard back, but I'm tempted to go back and get threading done. Maybe I'll get my sideburns. I have sideburns. I didn't even realize it. But anyways, embrace, love who you are. Why am I doing this episode? I'm doing this episode because being full reminded me that recovering from an eating disorder is hard and you have to face hard things. And sometimes I reflect back when I'm having a feeling or an urge and I was like, oh my gosh, I recognize this. This used to be the time I would force myself to purge. Or I recognize this This is when I used to feel really guilty. And it's weeks I've recognized the feeling, but my emotion is different and my reaction is different. So there's all this debate about, do you ever really recover from an eating disorder? And I think a lot of it is you can still get the feelings, you can still get the thoughts, you still get the urges, but you're response is very different. Your behavior is very different and the distress that it causes is very different. So let's get into today's episode. I'm going to cover the hard things you need to do or that are going to come up when you're recovering from an eating disorder or improving your relationship with food because it's reality and anything worth achieving is hard. Life is hard, but you can choose which hard you want. So number one is what I'm doing right now is sitting with fullness. Many people with disordered eating or an eating disorder struggle with feeling full. Most often they'll associate being full with being fat, not having control, eating too much, feeling anxious, they're going to gain weight. And for me, I went and had this burger I'm obsessed with. If you're in Bali, go to Cafe Vida. It's an organic cafe and they do the most amazing chicken roast chicken burger with coleslaw and aioli and chips Mm, chef's kiss it's so good and on a gluten-free bun sleigh and I was looking forward to this and I was like yay I'm so excited for this burger let's do it but I was so full 
after I ate it. I waddled home basically. And as I was waddling home, oh, this is the feeling I used to feel before I'd make myself purge. Trigger warning, I'm going to be talking about purging. Apologies, I probably should have put that in at the beginning. I'll pop it in the show notes. And I was thinking, oh, but I don't do that anymore. And do you know what's funny? I got this the other day as well. After dinner, I went to Burley Gelato and they've got these incredible low cookie pies. It's like a pie, but it's a cookie and it's epic. It's the most oh, sweet thing you've ever seen. And you know when you're in that zone where you really feel like dessert and you're like, I need this now. I was in that zone. So I bought half a liter of ice cream because I don't, I don't like buying ice cream and just eating it standing there I I feel like that's purposeless I like to eat ice cream in front of a good show or while I'm relaxed so I always just get takeaway but the only option is a liter or 500 liter tub so I end up paying like $50 for ice cream or 23 and I got the cookie pie when I got home I'm like I'm really tired and I just put it in the fridge and went to bed that's a good sign of recovery by the way you don't feel compelled to eat things in the moment and The next day I had it, but I had half of the cookie. And as I'm eating it, I felt so sick. I was like, I feel so sick. I feel so unwell. I couldn't stop saying it. I feel so unwell. And that feeling was a feeling I would have got and I would have purged in the past. But I was like, no, Steph, that was an old feeling. You just sit with this. And it was so hard for me to sit with it because I felt so unwell, felt so sick and When you purge, you think it's this secret gateway to relief, but it's not. It causes you more issues. But if you just tell yourself, this will pass, it is temporary, just wait one hour, it is normal, it's okay to feel sick, bloating is not fat, it's not weight gain, it will pass. I've had two episodes this week where I felt really full or really sick, and in the past I would have purged, but I just get through these moments by saying, this will pass. It's just temporary. I go for a little digestion walk if I can. And I just remind myself there are days that you're going to feel more full than others. And yes, fullness is good because it means you're not going to be hungry. It means it's going to carry you over to the next day. I'm thinking about a big weight training session I'm going to do tomorrow with my friend. So I'm thinking, yes, this is fuel. I'm going to need all these carbs and proteins to give me the fuel to train tomorrow. And when you're actually full, you're going to be less likely to eat sweets. When I under eat, I crave sweets because I'm not eating enough. So the first thing you got to do when recovering is sit with fullness and sit with that discomfort. Coach yourself in the moment. Remind yourself, just give it an hour, Steph. Take it a meal at a time. Give it half an hour. This will pass. Remind yourself, I know I feel so bad right now. I feel so full. It's uncomfortable, but it too shall pass. What's that saying? Number two, the second hardest thing or one of the hardest things of recovering from an eating disorder you need to face. I don't know if I should put this one in because it sounds a bit weird, but accept that there will always be someone thinner than you, no matter how hard you ever tried to lose weight. You just may not have the body type to get the body you want. It's not you, it's in your genetics. Let me explain this. I think the biggest misconception and sad thing that you should know is genetics play a really, really big role. So I have dated people, my two past exes, that had amazing genetics. Amazing. And God damn it, hate those people. But anyways, and same with women. And they capitalize this and they've made amazing careers. 
But there are just some women who have good genetics and they can eat what they want and not put on weight and people just build muscle better. People have better physique. So even if you went on the best diet, the best training regimen, you were on supplements, you will never look the way that other people look. Two women who both weigh 64, 70 kilos can look completely different. And it's so interesting. I was speaking about this with my partner because my weight and then someone we know's weight. And I was like, wow, isn't it interesting? We both weigh the same, but look how different we are. Like she's much taller. She's had breast work done and I'm shorter, but then my legs are different. And it's just so interesting to see weight looks completely different on two different bodies. So everyone's like, I want to be 60 kilos. I want to be 70 kilos. Yes, okay. But that's not going to look on you how you might think it looks. And even if you starved yourself, even if you got down to your perfect weight, there's always going to be someone thinner than you. There's always going to be someone more attractive than you. And guess what? Even if you're not getting bigger or thinner, you're getting older. Let me tell you from experience, you're getting older. So things are going to start to bother you that you didn't even care about before. And I'll get into this a bit later. So remember, it's not about improving yourself from the outside. You have to build your confidence from the inside. Otherwise, you'll get lost and years and years will pass and you'll say, my God, why didn't I just go on that date? Why didn't I just hang out with my friends? My body was fine then. Now I'm X, Y, Z and it's a whole lot worse. Just with the age thing, I'm going to get to that in number five. Number three, trigger warning. You have to sit with the urge to vomit and people who are not willing to do this will never, ever get better. Hear me out. When people binge eat, they then compensate. So they make themselves vomit. Unless you sit with this discomfort, you are never going to teach your brain that there is an other option when you feel discomfort. You're never going to teach your brain it's safe. So your brain learns to essentially crave behaviors that you do over and over again. So if you've binged eight and you think, I can't purge, it's not an option, number one, that's going to change your binge eating behavior. But number two, you have to sit through it to prove to yourself you're not going to gain 100 kilos, you're not going to die, you don't have to purge. I understand purging may be a preference in those moments to give you relief, to remove your guilt. And trust me, when I was going through my bulimia, I never thought not purging was an option. You just think binging and purging is this package deal. But I slowly leaned into it. So I would go out and I'd eat a fear food and I would stay with friends and I did not let myself purge. And then it passed. The more and more I did this, I'm like, oh, I don't really need to do this anymore. It's like training wheels. You ride a bike, you ride a bike. You try it with the training wheels. You're like, oh, this is scary. It's a bit shaky. But then you do it. You don't need the training wheels anymore. I'm not sure if comparing bulimia to learning to ride a bike is accurate, but you'll get it. You'll get what I mean. For example, I was working with a lady this week and she was saying she had one episode from six. She had six. We first started and then she had one binge purge episode. And we're like, what is it? And she said, it's when I eat these particular, these noodles. I know when I eat these noodles, I'm going to purge them up. Okay, what is it about the noodles? Tell me. Oh, beliefs, fat, carbs, oily, etc. 
So we're going to do exposure therapy where she's going to eat the noodles and not purge them, but we're doing it in a way that's safe. So she was going to do it for dinner and dinner was her most vulnerable because no one was around. It was more safe. And I said, no, 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 we're going to do the noodle exposure at work. You're going to make the noodle dish and you're going to have it at work because that's going to be a lower level risk environment where you are not going to be as tempted to purge and it's going to be harder to do. We are motivated to do what is easy. So we need to make the things we're trying to stop as hard as possible. We want to make purging as hard as possible. So do your exposure in an environment you can't purge. And we want to make succeeding as easy as possible. Sit with your urge to purge. And you can start with five minutes, 10 minutes, half an hour, one hour. But unless you try this, it's never going to get better. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Number four, hard things you need to do when you're recovering from an eating disorder if you want to get better. Do the things you were losing weight to do. Let me repeat that. Do the things you were planning to lose weight to be able to do. So example, go on a date. This was me. So I went through a breakup in 2019 and I went to Thailand and I did this really intense retreat. It was very good, but it was very intense. And I was so fit after. I was training three times a day. I was so fit. I was lean. I was feeling at my lowest. I was like, yeah, like, yeah, like. Oh, I won. I won this breakup. I'm the hot ex. Anyways, and no, nah, not really. But within a year, I'd gained 10 kilos and plus some. And then I cut my hair short and my hair was my security blanket. So I was like 10 kilos heavier with like my short hair and nothing wrong with short hair. I just didn't feel comfortable in it. And I was like, wow, like how can I go out there like this? I don't feel my best. But I said, stare? You don't get to decide who finds you attractive. You don't get to decide who might like you and you're going to just go on dates for fun. You're just going to see what happens. So I went on dates at my heaviest where I would never normally do that. But no, I have to lose weight before I go on a date or I have to lose weight before I go out. Going on dates was one of them for me. Stop thinking you need to fix yourself. Stop thinking you need to lose weight before you go on dates. And guess what? People were interested in me and they liked me. I didn't feel the same way (laughs) and that's okay. Maybe it's because we had the same karaoke song, Miley Cyrus. What's it called? I can't wait. See you again. Yeah, turns out we had the same karaoke song. Me and this, this guy we went on a date with. Go shopping. Do the thing you were losing weight to do. Go shopping now. Have sex with the lights on. Stop hiding your body. If you want to be confident in your body, you have to do the things that someone with a confident body would do or someone who you think with a confident body would do. 
Own your body. Look at your body. Touch your body. Put that moisturizer on. Caress that leg, girlfriend. Do those things. One of the things my partner says to me is, I was so attracted to you because you were so confident. I was masking. (laughs) When we first met, I was, I didn't feel my best. I was at my heaviest. But I did this whole transformation psychologically and I said, no, the next guy that comes along, like, I am so worthy. I have so much value. And it's not that I didn't value myself. I believed I needed to look and be a specific way to attract a certain type of person. So not true. And he says that to me, he's like, your confidence, but it's because I was not willing to take crap after my last relationship where I was people pleasing and oh my God, this relationship was like, nah, I'm being straight out with what I want, what I need, who I am, what I stand for. And he actually respected that. This is a real personal episode. Why am I going into so much detail? It's the Bali effect, spilling all my secrets. All right. Next thing about what's hard about recovering from an eating disorder. Five, this relates to my age one earlier, accept the parts of yourself you cannot change and believe me, it's more than just fat. Let me give you an example. I never thought I needed to worry about anything but my stomach. It was just always my stomach. I had an issue. Everyone with eating disorders has stomach issues. Until I realized so many of the women my age have breast implants, Botox, and I'm not against surgery by any means but aging wrinkles popping up out of nowhere your boobs they're not seeing like they used to and then you start to realize wow I used to just worry about my weight now it's my wrinkles it's my arms hair even people worry about their hair thinning gray hairs facial hairs so think about this If you don't accept yourself now and love who you are as a person now, it's going to be more than just fat. It's going to be more than just wanting to be thin or fat. It's going to be your knees. It's going to be your wrinkles. It's going to be your hair. And you'll never win the race of time. Number six, the next hardest thing about having to recover that you need to do is realize this. No one is coming to save you. Your partner doesn't know how to help you. No psychologist is going to sit there watching you at 12 in the morning when you're wanting to purge those bag of Maltesers. You have to make hard choices that part of you does not want to make. And part of you will try to talk you out of it. You'll be sitting there literally saying, I really know I should eat breakfast, but part of me wants to restrict because I had a binge last night. No one's going to tell you what to do. No one is coming to save you and you're not going to get better. No one is going to fix your mental health. Yes, there's tools and there's support, but you got to do the work at the end of the day and it is hard. But remember, it's hard being in the life that you're in without it changing. Number seven, the hardest thing you got to face when recovering from eating disorder not getting sucked back in when you want to start to work on your health or fitness goals. So once you've recovered from an eating disorder, if your fitness and your health is something you want to work on, that's fine. I've personally gone down that path. I've focused on 
building a lot of muscle over the last year and I've gone through a bit of a journey just through my gut, adrenals, all of that. But it's really obvious that it's easy to get sucked back in because people will start to say, oh, have you heard of this or how, what macros are you on? Or have you tried this? Have you tried that? If you try to start talking about fitness goals, don't get sucked back. Don't think, oh, you know, I'm just going to try this, do this diet. Don't get sucked back. Now, number eight is other people's diet talk. Oh my gosh, you will start to see this everywhere. So there's a lady that lives in my building and we were walking and we saw her and her partner at the ice cream shop. And we're like, hey, how's it going? Good. And she's like, oh, I just felt like a cheat. I haven't had a cheat in ages. And I was like, what? What do you mean? You're just having ice cream? She's like, oh, I just haven't had ice cream. I just, I felt like a naughty food. And she's older than, she's in her, what, 40s, 50s. And I just felt so sad for her because I know her past. I know what she would have, I don't know her past, but I can imagine And this woman is a very smart woman. She's done all the Tony Robbins coaching. She's trained. She's spent hundreds and thousands on professional development. She was telling me, yet you don't have that awareness to change your language around food that feeds dissatisfaction with your body image, weight, shape, and size. Your words are your world. And you have to be so careful using things like, oh, cheat meal, naughty food. I ate so good today. I ate so bad today. I have no control. I failed. This language is going to keep you locked in food jail and it'll be all around you. Even my partner, he has changed his language so much. Not because he has an eating disorder or anything, but he knows that a lot of women struggle with it and he's really passionate about his health and fitness at the moment. And he'll even say I had urges for this or that. Or even, he won't even say I ate really good anymore. We don't use that language in our house. We use balanced language such as, oh, maybe we didn't make the most nutritious choices, but that's okay. It was really fulfilling. It was really good soul food, etc. So you'll start to notice other people around you talk about diets, talk about, and you're always like, it's 2024. We're still here. I correct people. I actually challenge them. I say, oh, what do you mean? What do you mean you're eating so good? What do you mean it's a cheat meal? It's just ice cream. You can eat ice cream whenever you want. Oh, another story. I was in the gym the other day. One of the trainers was drinking this mochaccino shake. It looked really yum. And I was like, yum. I'm like, oh, your drink looks so nice. Nothing like a morning coffee. Is that a mocha? That looks awesome. And she goes, yeah, you know what? It's only 90 calories extra for the mocha. And I said, babes, don't count calories, count memories. She just looked at me and smiled, surprised. We were in a gym and I'm telling a personal trainer, no one asked, bro. I was just saying your drink was nice. But it's so embedded in us and everyone just thinks we're all on board. We're all on board with the calories. We're all on board with the diet talk, but when you are so far removed from that, when you're living a life of balance and health and not disordered, you'll start to see it everywhere and you'll see how many people around you are actually trapped. There's so much more to life than calories and calorie counting. I think that was eight. I'm just trying to think, is there anything else that's hard? I think as well, just comments from family members, 
diet culture mums, that sort of thing, like, oh, should you be eating that? That looks high in fat. We're so worried about your health. We just care about you. Navigating those conversations might be really tough. But either way, I want you to remember this. Nothing will ever taste, a binge will never taste as good as recovery will feel. All those foods that you binge on and you think you have to purge, imagine eating them and enjoying them and not having to purge. It's amazing. Even tonight after I had my burger and my chips, that used to be my fear food, a burger and chips like, ooh, double the carbs. That was my fear and now it's my favorite. So if you give yourself a chance, you may actually realize that your fear foods will become your favorite foods. So in summary, remember, recovering from an eating disorder, it's going to be hard. It's going to be challenging. But if you can take it one hour at a time, one day at a time, with the right strategy and the right implementation and support, your life is going to be so much more fulfilled. You can focus on work. You can focus on relationships. You can focus on so many other aspects that bring you joy and fulfillment because chasing the ideal body that you're probably never going to have, let's be honest, genetics, or if you're going to have it, it's going to come at a cost, a huge cost. Are you prepared to do that? There's just so much more to life. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, please let me know. Take a screenshot, tag me on Instagram. I'll always share it. And I hope to bring you a lot more Bali updates whilst I'm here. I hope the sound is okay. I'm just recording from a little mic in my room. So let me know if it sounds all right. And if you've got any topics for me to discuss. Tomorrow I have a nice day. I'm catching up with one of my friends I met here last time. She's a world champion. And we're going to train together at 6am. Then have some coffee Then I have an appointment at 8am and then I've got a pretty free day. So I'll be just writing a lot of reports. So yeah, that's my day for tomorrow and also just preparing because the day after is when the Fitness Academy begins and I have to prepare my welcome speech because I do the, what's it called? The, your vision and your why. I'm looking forward to that. I'm really excited to connect with all the women. I love that they do this. I love that they host these mental health seminars. If you've got a question, oh, submit it on the link below. We now have a link and you can even submit a voice note. So I look forward to receiving more of them and sharing them with you on the show. Have a great day and I'll speak to you soon. Thanks for being here. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I am truly grateful for you being here. If you got something out of today's show, please take a moment to leave a rating or review. To access more resources or support, check out the show notes below. See you next time.